0: good morning everybody how are y'all this morning (laughs) all right um i am jd i am not jamie if you are tuning in at home with us we want to say good morning again i want to give you a couple of reminders um i am not the pastor of south point church okay i'm kind of like the crazy cousin that you do christmas with that goes back home after christmas So if you could think of cousin Eddie doing a sermon It's about what you're going to get this morning. Here's the other thing that I want to tell you uh, at home I'm probably going to get off of this stage And you're not going to be able to see me on your television or your camera screen or you know your phone screen or whatever I'm still here. The rapture has not happened Just keep listening. I'll eventually get back up here. Okay (laughs) Now For those of you that are new to South Point, this might be your first time or your second time, we want to say good morning and welcome. I was not joking about the Cousin Eddie comment. Raise your hand if you've been a part of my equipping class at least twice over this last semester. You know what I'm talking about. Stuff's fixing to get really real all up in here, okay? If I spit on you on accident, I do not have the ronies. Do not worry, okay? All right, But I'm going to prepare you now. You might want to tuck your toes under your chair. Because your toes might get stepped on today. Now for those of you young pups in Jesus, you don't understand what that means. Us seasoned veterans of Jesus knows when a preacher tells you your toes are fixed and get danced on, that means it's going to be an awkward topic. I'm letting you know now. All right, And for those of you really old school people that can remember days when you had the preacher come in that preached the revivals, that's about to the caliber we're fixing to get in. Fair warning. All email complaints need to go to jamie at wearesouthpoint.com. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. See, I didn't say dawn, right? So there you go. (laughs) Okay, let's get in it. Today, we're going to be in Matthew 7, 2 Timothy 3, and James 2. Just pick. All right. Now, if you have a Bible, get it out. I love the fact that we have the Scriptures on the screen, but I'm going to call you to deeper faith. Get it out. All right? We will be in James 2 first, just to let you know. All right? Now, let's cruise on. (laughs) This past week... Oh my gosh, the world was a buzz because on December 21st an astronomical uh, an astrological phenomenon occurred. Oh, and the world was just a buzz. Jupiter and Saturn were just going to happen to be lining up and oh my gosh, everybody was losing their stuff. <laughs> oh my god, right? And everybody talked about the Christmas star don't know that was the Christmas star. That's beside the point, but we're going to move on. But everybody was talking about, oh my God, these like two planets. And, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. Guys, MSNBC was covering it. What does that tell you? Like everyone was covering it. CNN, Fox, CBS, NASA even had something on their website about the Christmas star. I mean to tell you, it was everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, everywhere. My stepmom, God love her, she even had an app downloaded on her phone where you could hold it up and see where the two... I'm going, this is awesome. I mean, it's cool, two planets aligning. This is really cool. We don't know if this was the star over Bethlehem, but everybody was... Oh, my God, Christmas star, CJ. Oh, my God, Christmas star. <gasps> Christmas star, Ronnie. Everybody was just, Christmas star! <laughs> and I was getting a little, I was getting a little frustrated, because I'm sitting there and I'm going, everybody wants to focus on the star, but nobody wants to focus on why is the star important. I heard stories about Saturn and Jupiter and 800 years ago, and the next time we're going to see it, and oh my God, and the shepherds and the wise men and the, the star, and oh, right, and I'm going, yeah, but. Nobody's talking about why the Magi traveled 1,500 miles from Persia to Israel. Nobody was talking about why gold and frankincense and myrrh were offered by those wise men that followed that star. And no one was talking about why did they fall down and worship the child that they followed his star. That's why I was getting kind of frustrated. I was like, you're missing it. It's not about Saturn and Jupiter. It's about the creator of Saturn and Jupiter. You're, you're missing it. You're, you're missing the point. But that's the way that the world usually is, isn't it? They miss, they miss the importance. <clears throat> Why focus on the star when you could focus on the Savior? And this is what the Lord brought to my attention. The reason that the world wanted to talk about the star instead of the saviors because we love talking about the idea of something rather than the actual thing itself. We love the theory, right? I would love to be healthy and have a six-pack of abs and be like, what's up, babe? I like donuts too much, amen? We love the idea of health. And being in shape and, oh my God, I'm paleo and I'm keto and I have these, all these oil oils, I'm just so healthy. Ah, oh, Okay, that's great. But nobody actually wants to go to the gym and make it happen. Nobody wants to go home and chop up the chicken and weigh the ounce. No, 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 no we laugh at people that do that. I'm sorry, we do. We love you, but we laugh at you. So, I'm, you know, how many people really love going to the gym and sweating and being aching and pain? Huh, nobody. We do it because there's benefit, but nobody wants to do it. We love the idea of health. We don't like the cost of health. In my house, we cook with bacon and butter. I didn't know what 2% milk was before I met my wife. We did whole milk for everything. We love the idea of friendship, don't we? Oh, I'm so lonely, I want friends, Right? I just don't want friends. We love the idea of friends. But we don't love the idea of investing time and brutal honesty and 100% transparency to those people that we want up in our business because we don't want people in our business. We want the concept of friends. We don't want what friendship costs. Think about it. Travel Oh, anybody got wanderlust? Anybody love the notion of, oh my God, I want to go this place and this place and this place and this place, right? Sure, right? (laughs) Most people... Love the notion of travel. Oh, my God, I want to go to Maui or Hawaii or Bora Bora or Europe. Or, oh, my God, I want to go to China or Japan. And wonderful, that's great. We want to see all these things. But very few people actually want to sit down and plan out a trip and go to the travel agent and make a commitment and put down money and save money. We love the concept of travel. We don't like what it costs. It's the same thing for love, isn't it? Oh, my God, when you're single and you're a young adult and you're desperate, you're like, oh, I just, I just want to find love. I want to find that person. I just, I don't want to be alone anymore. I want love. I want love. Because we see it in movies and it's just like they have their first kiss and then they do the little, mm, you know, the little, the little foot pop, right? We want love. We want hugs and kisses and we want love. <laughs> We don't want what it costs, though. Single people, raise your hand. You want to find out how selfish you are? Get married. Lord, have mercy. You want to, Not how selfish they are. You are. <laughs> the fighting. Having to turn around and apply grace. And if you're a Christian wanting love, there's a whole new level of stuff that you're saying yes to that God places upon you. You don't get to say no and leave. You want Jesus in heaven? Leaving's not an option for you. That's what the Bible says. It costs you grace, it costs you forgiveness, it costs you pain, it costs you arguments, it costs you hurt feelings, it costs you a lot of anger And sometimes therapy. (laughs) That's what love costs. Love is not a fairy tale. It never has been. The romantics in the 1800s messed us all up, guys. You want the concept of love? It costs something. And the cost is you getting over yourself. Oh, and that's a big, big price tag. Oh! I have a person I'm thinking of right now, I'm not going to say their name because they might be listening online. Um, They're going through their second divorce and they still think it's about the other person. Might be them! Because the cost of love and the idea of love are way different. And when I propose to you today, the thing that I felt like the Lord was laying on my heart, (laughs) pursuing God is the same thing. People love the concept of God, right? Oh my God, he forgives us and he's a Santa Claus with a big beard, and he gives us what we want. what we want. And there's heaven, and there's squishy angels. And oh my God, the prayer of Jabez says, I can get whatever I want. Oh my God, cha-ching! Scripture even says in the end days, people will go to teachers that tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear. Because the concept of God, oh, he'll forgive me that I'm just destroying you know, lives around me. Help her, help her give me. The cost of knowing God? Way different. Way different. And if I'm the first person that has ever told you, following Jesus will cost you everything, number one, I'm sorry, but number two, I'm glad to be able to stand here and tell you, it will cost you everything. that's why i have a problem with the sinner's prayer it doesn't address what what look, can you can you buy salvation no but do you have obligation and details in the contract that you have to fulfill yes do you pay for the contract no that's the blood of jesus but when you sign your name and say yes i believe in him i want to go to heaven i want to be his follower you have obligations Can you ever earn his favor? No. Get over yourself. Can you ever earn salvation? No. Can you ever make him prouder than what he is right now of you? No. See, that's another thing that people think of the concept of God. I can earn his favor. I can earn his love. I can earn his acceptance. You already have it if you're one of his. He's not a crummy dad. He's a good dad. And so what the Lord really dropped on my heart was people want the concept of God, but they don't want God. They want the intellect idea of God, but they don't want intimacy with God. They want religion. I'm going to stop saying they. I'm going to say we, because one of the things that God dropped in the middle of my lap was Christians are just as guilty of this as non-Christians. <laughs> Christians are just as guilty of this as non-Christians. The only difference is, is that we know the real and still settle for the cheap. People that don't know Jesus just settle for the cheap because they don't know any better. Think about it. Heaven is free. Cha-ching! Holiness costs. Forgiveness is Free. Freedom costs salvation free, sacrifice costs. And so, what what religion offers is control. See, that's what religion is it's just us controlling our relationship with Him. Relationship with the, with the king is him controlling. He calls the shots, he sets the markers, he asks you and I to do things, be things, give things, etc. <laughs> Think about it. Religion is far from discipleship. You can't get further away, but let me give you some examples because I'm one of those people, I'm tactile. I I want, like, give me some examples. Like, I want to know what you're talking about. Canned prayers versus raw prayer. Religion says only praying at mealtime is the box you get to check to feel good that you've covered your bases. Canned prayers, like, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us today. Well, yeah, he said pray like that, but not like that. And he didn't say pray this, did he? He said pray like this. Or what about this one? Anybody ever taught their kid, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to escape. Religion. That's a canned prayer that's never in scripture, is it? That's religion. I told you I was going to step on toes. You got the the warning. Didn't I give the warning now? I gave the warning. (laughs) And some of you might be like, but I taught that to my kid. Okay, but did you teach them the real raw prayers? Did you teach them how to connect with the God of the cosmos? Real raw prayer is dirty and uncomfortable and ugly and it stings. Because it's not you controlling it, it's you going to the master and him controlling the situation. Him controlling your heart. Your sin must be laid bare before him, and that stings. Because for some of us to say, Father, I love my children more than I love you, stings. For some of us to say, Father, I have abandoned my family, it stings for some of us to say, I am addicted to pornography or alcohol or shopping or food. It stings. That is what the Father desires from us real heartfelt prayer. And He doesn't like fancy words. I grew up with a man in the church that I grew up with as a little boy. He would pray in King James Version, Josh. Oh, thou Father. Who art in heaven? Like he was in a Shakespeare play. Like he was impressing the big man. Oh, out Father, we thank thee for thy bounty of blessing. I'm like going, who are you talking to, baby? God does not speak King James. If anything, he spoke Hebrew. Shalom. Like, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. right, CJ? Like, if we're going to do it, let's do it. (laughs) Like, he doesn't want canned prayers. That's what religion wants because we control the canned prayers, don't we? I love your shirt. It's so sparkly. Nothing to do with the sermon. (laughs) But, But it's true, isn't it? We control canned prayers. Over the teeth and through the gums. Look out, Lord, here it comes. Religion. Humor, sure. But if you mean it for real, religion. Fake. Not what the Lord is seeking. Think about worship time. Church time. Disclaimer. I am not knocking any form of worship. I have worshiped in high church with organ in church where I have connected with my Jesus. I have worshiped in contemporary. I have worshiped in modern with some chick in the back painting a canvas and some lady dancing. The style of worship does not matter. The heart of the worshiper matters. Right, Delora? Mm Mm-hmm. We had an amazing conversation in their garage the other day. She said, JD, I was raised where it wasn't a show. It was very conservative and reserved. I said, and that's okay because our grandmothers, who both grew up like, you didn't clap, you didn't celebrate, you were serious, but you loved Jesus. We found out our grandmothers loved Jesus. They would not have been all about, whoa, 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 uh uh, because their, their worship of their Lord was serious. And that's biblical. But here's what I want to ask you. If you were in this room by yourself, only like Nico and Mike would just start this equipment and walk out. Nobody else in this room except you, and you're sitting about right there, and Christ himself was on this stage sitting on a throne. You and Jesus, how would you worship in that moment? If Josh and the band were in another room and we're just piping the music in, how would you worship in that moment? Seriously, like actively, I want you to think of that. You're like, oh my God, lay on my face. I'm not talking about like the first time. I'm talking about if every Sunday you could walk in and he was here. Like you're familiar with him being in here. How would you worship? How? If it was different from what we did 20 minutes ago, Red flag. I might suggest that what you entered into earlier might have been just religion. But, J.D., I don't clap. I'm not saying you have to clap. People come into worship with baggage, don't they, Josh? The baggage sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. What we grew up doing. I'm telling you, I have worshiped the Lord in a Lutheran church before, in a Presbyterian church before, in a Baptist church before, in a Pentecostal church. Scared me half to death, but I did it. It's not about an instrument. It's not about choir robes or no choir robes. It's not about a praise team or a choir. It's not about liturgy or non-liturgy. It's about our heart connecting with Him But what about what other people would think? They don't matter. Because they should be focusing on him and you don't matter to them. I grew up Southern Baptist. You clapped, you got a dirty look. But I ask it again. If you were sitting right where you are and he was right here and he was just looking at you, Tanya, just looking at you because you're his kid and he loves you, would you worship different? If you say yes, when I shut up in a minute, Josh is going to get back up here. Do it! heart of the believer is what matters to him. If you are uncomfortable clapping, if he was sitting up here and you wouldn't clap, don't you dare, it's not for show. But if you'd get on your face, you better get on your face in a minute. Because it should be real. It should be je- not religion. Our king deserves better, doesn't he? Come on. And look, if you say, I would literally just, I would kneel at my chair and just do this, then do that. Worship doesn't have to be flashy. It's what you're giving your king. Would you stand in front of Jesus and worship the way that you did earlier? No. She went, uh. <laughs> she's a youth. I could ask the youth that and make them feel awkward. Okay, it's okay. That's like church bylaws, right? <laughs> you know. <clears throat> what about if Josh got up here and he's sitting on his stool? Look at! I love when you sit on your stool because you look like you're 80. You just look like an old papa. I love it. Like picking on the front porch. I love it. CJ, what if Josh got up here and just played music and we had to write our own songs of worship? Because Scripture says, right, Reuben? Sing a new song unto the Lord, right? Could your heart give a new song that you have never sung before unto the Lord? If you say no... I got more. We, Paul, didn't we look at how many scriptures say, sing a new song unto the Lord? There's tons of them. Would it be awkward? Yes, because it would probably be new, right? But could you sing? Hey, scripture says, out of the heart the mouth speaks, right? I propose to you, maybe out of the heart the, the, out of the, heart, the mouth could sing too. Do you know the Lord enough to sing a song to him? He doesn't care about your vocals. He has angels in his ears. Please. Right? Raise your hand if that would make you uncomfortable. Just singing a new song to the Lord because you've never done it before. Thank you, honesty. And some of you that raised your hands, I know that you know the Lord. But if he was sitting here Josh, I know you'd get some new songs coming out of you. Woo, all hail, line of Judah. How, I, I, yeah, who, 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 who. That boy would get unrectified real quick. I mean, he'd just be like undignified before the Lord. But isn't that what Scripture says? But think about it. Religion says, sing it like it's a funeral. Some glad morning when this life is all I'll... Fly away. Really? <laughs> Where are you going to? <laughs> Doesn't sound like heaven. <laughs> like, but think about it. Religion says all you need to do is sit there and hear a sermon, maybe go to Hobby Lobby and buy a scripture and hang it on the wall, and that's your study in the Word. There's nothing wrong with shopping at Hobby Lobby. i got several of those scriptures on my walls right now. But studying the Word is about opening up your Bible and digging in. Your God wrote you a love note, a map, a how-to. Your marriage is stinking? Open the book! Ephesians, lots of stuff. (laughs) Do it! Don't read it, do it! Don't just read it, do it! Be doers of the Word and not merely hearers, amen? Legalism. Oh, I remember when I was a teenager and I realized that I was listening to country music and I'd go to a Christian like concert or something. They would talk about living for Jesus or living for the world, and I'd go home and I'd throw all my CDs away that were of the world. (gasps) And I just listened to Carmen all the time. Don't you laugh because I will throw my shoe at you. Who's in the house? JC. Whoa, what? what? All right now. Legalism. Well. I'm only going to cuss, but around the Christians that know I already love Jesus. Or, I'm going to drink and get drunk, but only around those people that I know it's safe. That's religion. That's just religion. If we are controlling our morality, and, our, and the only purpose of it is to check a box that we're holy, it's religion. I don't care whether you know Jesus or not. It's religion. Holiness is ongoing. It's disciplined. It's hard. Fasting isn't fun. Donuts are fun. What about... See, I've been in ministry since I was 13. I was a worship pastor, youth pastor. I've done a lot of different stuff in the churches that I've served at. My wife is the children's pastor here. You know one of the things that breaks our hearts the most when parents have the idea that it's the church's job to disciple your children? It is not. It is not, it is not, it is not. We are support staff. We are supporting actors and actresses. You are the star in your child's life. You are the one that has to teach them prayer, fasting, abstinence. We don't teach that anymore. Don't have sex until you're married. I'm going to say it because it's in the Word. Stop it. Don't be shacking up with people. That is not what Jesus has for you. He wants better for you. He does love you. You go, oh, my sin. Yeah, 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 sin, sin, sin. Yes, yes, yes. Cross. If he can move past your sin, you need to be able to move past your sin. But moving past it means stop doing it. Parents, grandparents, you are still the patriarchs and matriarchs of your family. Act like it. I don't care if your children don't want to listen to you or not. That does not give you the option to shuck your responsibilities. As long as you were alive on this planet and you were the oldest in your family, you're the matriarch and the patriarch. Lead your family to Jesus. Lead your grandchildren. I'm standing here before you, a 40-year-old man that has known Jesus since I was nine years old. If it was not because of my grandmother and grandfather taking me and my brother to church when my mom and my dad were backslidden and not being faithful, I wouldn't be here before you. Marnie and granddaddy took me and my brother to church every Sunday when my parents were living in their sin. Patriarchs and matriarchs, you're, you retire when you die. Get off your butt. Yes, he said, but I know. I'm not joking. Now you know you have to change the way that you talk to them. They're adults now, If they're your children. You know that. You offer suggestion now instead of command. Guys, if a non-believer could walk beside you every single day for a week, would they know that you have Jesus if you never said the words? Would they know you're the Christian at work or in worship or in your family or in your home? Guys, there are scriptures that are scary. I don't want, I do not want to talk about these scriptures this morning for the record. I don't want to talk about these scriptures for the record. But when God drops them in your lap and goes, no, no, that's what you're talking about, it's like, oh, I don't want to. These are awkward and hard scriptures. (laughs) We do not know what 2021 has for us. As, as much as we want to get out of this year, we don't know if next year is worse. So we better shore up the things of the Lord, drop religion where it needs to be in the trash can, and start actively living for Jesus in our families, in our marriages, in our church. We don't need fake people here. We're real here. We pursue Jesus and we're like cra- crazy cousins are here. It, it, you know, and Caleb, he's in the boat with me, and Ryan Green, he's in the boat with me. There's several of us that are like the crazy cousin category, right, Nika? (laughs) But guys, when we look at the Scriptures, let's look at James 2. (laughs) What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have the works? Can this faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. Not that the works earn salvation, that is heresy, blasphemy, and is not of Jesus. Your salvation is purchased and given to you freely. But, putting faith in Christ and accepting that part of the negotiations of the contract that you did not pay for, but you sign your name to, you will live for Him. You will obey Him. You will tell others about Him. You will will serve in your church. If you're not right now actively serving in a capacity in your church, whether it's this one or another one, If you know him and want his blood to take you to heaven, get off your butt and serve in your church. See, I'm not on staff. I can say that. Guys, the things that Jesus wants us to do are not negotiable. A contract isn't negotiable. You either take it or leave it. Look, saved people serve. Saved people give their money and time. Saved people preach the gospel to other people. Saved people pray. Saved people study the word of our Savior. It's not optional. It's not optional. Well, that sounds like legalism. No, because the heart of it is to be obedient to the Lord, to grow in the Lord, to love the Lord more, to pursue him more. There's an old phrase that ancient, ancient like in Jesus' time, they had a phrase. So a student would choose their rabbi. One of they were analysts. So, like, there were these guys that they would have gone to school and they were rabbis and they were holy and, you know, and all this business. And you would choose who you wanted to follow. And there was a phrase. There was a phrase that they would use of how obedient you were to your rabbi. And the phrase was to be covered in the dust. Of your rabbi. Meaning you followed behind him so closely you were covered in the dust that came off of his sandals as they walked down the road. That's what obedience looks like. So you don't know what Leviticus is. Cool. Learn. Why? Him. So... Worship, you got to grow in worship. Cool. It's not legalism, and don't do what the person standing beside you. It's about connecting with him. Remember, in the room by yourself, that's what you should be doing every single time you enter into worship, whether it's privately at your home or publicly in church. Every single time. Every single time. Because there's scriptures like this God, show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Meaning, I will show you that I have faith in the Lord because I'm obeying Him. I'm doing the things that He says that the Father wants us to do. Look, if you don't have the spiritual gift of of missions, you don't have to go on missions, but support the people that do. You know what I mean? You can pay for the person's food next in line for you at, at, at Wendy's or Jack in the Box or McDonald's or Whataburger, and then tell the person, hey, just tell them that somebody at South Point Church loves them. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Guys, if you can be, if you can honestly say that you are a South Point, like, this is home, and you've never worked at the food pantry. He actually talks about feeding people that don't have food. I'm going to say it again. I told you, toes were going to get stepped. If you are a South Pointer and you have never served at our food pantry, get off your butt. I'm not joking. The Lord said when you feed people that don't have food, you're feeding Him. It's not about you and your Saturday morning comfort. Get off your butt. He said butt several times. I did. Because you want to know why? Because I want you to be ready for 2021. You ask South Pointers around here, we know that God is building this church back up to use it in this community. We don't know how, do we, Jeff? But we want to be ready. We want people's hearts to be centered on Christ, on authentic followers of Jesus, not people in love with the idea of Jesus. you say, I don't have enough money to tithe. What did the widow do with her might? She gave it. That's all she had. It's not about how much money that God has given you that you want to keep in reserves. It's about a heart that just wants to give back to him. He's so good. You just just want to give all of your time to him. You know the notion of the two services? Can I tell you what what I told my wife? (laughs) She said, where do you want to serve? I said, anywhere and everywhere you want me. I get to go to church every single Sunday from now on. I never have to sacrifice sitting before my king among brothers and sisters as we lift up his holy name. So, the next service, every single Sunday, I'm serving. I'm not doing that to brag on me. I'm, I'm telling you, you do not have to miss, up, miss out on worship. So, what? We don't beat the Methodist to Luby's. Cool. So, what? So, what? Well, that's gonna cost me. Uh huh. Yes, it's gonna cost you. He died for you. Your life is a thank you note to Him. Let's make it the best one we can. Life groups, get in them. Don't be selfish and keep your weak to yourself. That's religion. Some of you need to start leading a life group. You might be afraid. May the Lord give you the strength to stand up and go, he's been asking me to do this for a while. We need more. We need more leaders. Sure. I don't care how old you are. You don't get to retire from ministry. Josh needs workers. Allison needs workers. I don't ever want us to be okay with religion. Even if we do know Jesus, I never want our hearts to be satisfied with what the world says we get to give. Our God is too good for us to give him trash. Our God is too good to give him fake. The world says, accept status quo. We should say, no, we serve the king of glory. We will give him everything. The notion, the Lord, that some people would not want to be here for both services on a Sunday blows my mind. Are you kidding me? My wife and I drove five and a half hours yesterday afternoon to be here this morning. I want to be around y'all. I love you. I absolutely love being around you. I don't want to go home at the end of the day, Kathy. I want to be here among the people of the Lord. We know him. I want to be around my brothers and sisters. Two services? Psh, let's go to four. I don't care. You mean there's another chance that we get to come in here and sing to him? Another, another hour that we get to hear the word of the Lord? Where's the bad part in this? I want to see her belly get fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter until a baby pops out. And then I want to watch he and her raise that baby in the Lord. That's church. <sighs> I want to see Reuben, Joe Daddy Cooper, boom, boom, boom. I want to see my brother giving an offering unto the Lord with his gifts that the Lord has given him. I want to be around you. Don't complain that you get to have two services and that you get to have an equipping class. And don't worry, I know who had not been in an equipping class since August. I ain't going to say no names. I taught equipping class from August till now, so I, some of y'all are like, "How does he know?" <laughs> go learn. Remember, it's not about a checklist because that's what we control. It's about putting ourselves in the presence of God. Our heart should overflow, guys. There's scarier scriptures. We're not going to go through the rest of them because I don't feel like that's where God is doing. Second Timothy. You know that passage where it talks about what we will become, what the world will become, what the church, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and all that stuff? I don't want us to do that. And then when you get to Matthew 7, it talks about the Lord said, some people will say, Lord, Lord, I did all this stuff in your name, and Jesus said, I don't know you, get away from me. That should scare you to death. Because he's talking to the people that have trusted in religion and not him. If you're controlling it, it's not of Him. He controls us. In the the public scripture, Josh, come up. Please, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you. There's three groups of people in this room right now. We're going to do the thing that we talked about because I feel like uh, we're in a, uh. Number one, there are Christians in this room. You know the Lord. You're living for the Lord. Your heart is in the right spot. Might not be doing excellent, but your heart's in the right spot. You know it. There's some areas to improve on. Sure, we all have those. Cool. Just take it to the next level. There are Christians in this room that we know that we've been serving at the idolatrous altar of religion. cool. Let's repent and go back to the king. It's that simple. He does not want your piety. He does not want your flagellation and your self-punishment. He's already taken your punishment. He's given you a chance to walk away from the idol worship of religion and go back to him. And he has open arms just like the prodigal son. So don't think you got to go and, oh Lord. No! Just get in the boat. Let's go fishing. Get in the boat. But Lord, I don't care, baby, I died on the cross, so you. Just get in the boat, let's go fishing. But Lord, baby, listen to me, I'm over it. You should be too. Let's go fishing. Let's go catch some men and some women and children and tell them about me., oh, let's go. Get in the boat. Just get in the boat if you're in group two. But you might be in group three. And that's the people that God love you. You just have never known him. You might have known the world, you might have known religion, but you've never known him. You see, Josh, what he's doing right now is what he's going to do for the next like five or ten minutes. Until the Lord leads him, you are making up your worship songs now. Do not sit there silently unless you feel like silent worship is what you need to do right now. Remember, if he was in the room, what would you be doing? If your neighbor... It's not musical. You shouldn't be listening to them anyway. Oh Lord, I love you Jesus. Oh Lord, I love everything you are. Oh Lord, King of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, sing to the King. You saved me, Lord, 2,000 years ago. I will sing to you, I will sing to you, I will sing to you. My heart, my heart. I will sing to you, you are the lion of Judah, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, sing to your Lord, sing to your Lord, sing to your Lord, just sing, alleluia, hosanna, holy, 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 you can even start with a simple one. But if you're in that third group, you're like, "I I don't know him. I thought I did. I prayed a prayer. I went to vacation Bible school. I've been in church all my life. But I don't know him. You know the coolest part? He's waiting in the boat for you too. He's waiting in the boat for you too. You say, but I'm in front of family and friends and I just realized I don't know him and I would be so embarrassed that they think that I do know him. So what? Get in the boat. Get in the boat. Get in the boat with Him. No one wants to go to hell. But not everybody wants Him. And what I'm saying today is, choose the King of glory. Choose Him as your God and your Savior and your friend. Choose Him as your Redeemer. Choose Him as the line of Judah who will fight your battles. You say, but J.D., you don't know what I struggle with. No, I don't, but He does. He does. I've seen Jesus heal people. I've seen Jesus restore people. Marriages can and will be restored in his name. If those people put themselves at the feet of the Lion of Judah, the Lion of Judah will heal and forgive and cleanse. Do we want him or do we want ourselves? And so I'm not going to give you some canned prayer to pray. If you're in that third group and you're like, J.D., I don't know him. Mama does, daddy does, best friend does, but I don't. Do me a favor. Everybody close your eyes and sing to the Lord if you know him. It doesn't matter what it is. Start with something simple. Just say his name over and over. And then throw in a holy or a you are good. I shouldn't see eyeballs at all. But if you know that you do not know Him as Lord and Savior, do me a favor, stand where you are. It's important. If you do not know the King of glory as your King, just stand right where you are. It's okay. I'm the only one looking. <clears throat> are you offering a prayer, a new song unto the Lord? Do you know Him Then sing to Him? You can kneel before Him. We have these wonderful stages. If you want to come and pray up at the front, come pray. If you're at home, and you're sitting there on your couch, and you feel a little disconnected, the cool thing is you might not be in this room, but Jesus is in your room, or your car, wherever you are. Before you click off, make sure that you know the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He is not a God of religion. He is a God of relationship. He wants to pursue you and He will never stop because He is a God of love. And He is a ferocious God of love. Some of you still are sitting there in fear. Let go. Just do me one favor. Do not leave this room until you are finished offering praises and sacrifices unto the Lord. That's Old Testament, that's New Testament, and that is current. Do not leave this room until you feel that you have offered to the Lord what he deserves.